Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. So since lockdown over the last few months, Pastor James has really been sharing with us on how vital it is to know what is on God's heart as we move out of lockdown as we have and we move forward, as we move from taking our finger off the pause button and moving into reset. And uh, Pastor James has been preaching some real great messages and I know that they are prophetic messages The whole of the nation, I think, and globally, churches shut down because of lockdown, because of COVID. But I know that the five shifts that Pastor James has been speaking on has been what God has prophetically spoken to you, hasn't he, James, for Faith Point. And one of them, the first shift that Pastor James spoke on was about moving from being distant from God to intimacy with God. And, you know, we were all put into this pause, weren't we? Everything just stopped, you know. And and it was one of those times where, you know, God was really speaking to the body of Christ, to the church, about it's time to go into intimacy with God, to develop a deeper relationship with God. You know, we are called, and actually it's a command, that we are to love the Lord God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, all of our strength. And that demands quality time. And James used the example of Mary and Martha. You know, Mary would take time to sit at the feet. And she took time to become intimate with the Lord. And so it does, it takes time. And I think the secret that we learnt through lockdown is the busyness and the hurrying was all taken away. And it's like, that is what robs us of our time of becoming intimate with the Lord. We get caught up in busyness and being in a hurry, and that affects and robs us of our intimacy with God. And church, I believe also it robs us with our intimacy and our relationship with other people around us. Now, my message today is called Equally Important. You see, through lockdown, when the pause button was hit in my house, for Manu it was like, oh, this is great. You know, he's got the big screen there, he's got Netflix, but he didn't have the sports, hallelujah, so I didn't have to listen to the sports all the time. (laughs) But for me, it was a real challenge because I'm a social bunny and I love being around people. And I love being out with people all the time. And so, you know, for me, the pause button hit. And it was like, I said to God, I'm so valuing right now my family and my friends. And I really started missing my family. I miss my kids dropping into their house. I miss my mum, who I spent lots of time with. So all of a sudden, I couldn't see my son and I couldn't see my daughter. And we would do everything, you know, through a video chat. At that time, I also missed my friends. I have girlfriends, and uh, Miriam's here, who's one of them. And I have real close friends 
We go for walks most weeks. And on those walks, you know, we talk a lot. You know, we've got five kilometres, so we've got plenty of time to talk. But, you know, we talk, friends talk with transparency. We could share something transparent. We could share things authentically for what they were without being judged and knowing that that conversation wouldn't go beyond. We'd go out to cafes, you know, halfway through the walk, you've got to have a balance of you're going to exercise. <laughs> so we always, we always, don't we, Miriam? We stop at a cafe. And if I haven't had breakfast, I'll have a savoury scone and a coffee, otherwise we have a coffee, and we carry on, and we chat, and we have fun, and we laugh together. This is what's called loving each other. This is what co- it's called becoming friends. I miss my home being a halfway house. Anyone else here find your homes a halfway house? People come and go. People come and go. And I was so used to that. We were so used to never knowing who was going to be in our house when we got home, let alone when we're home. I mean, we well, seriously, we have one example. I was thinking of uh, Jesse and Bianca today with their baby. You know, we're up to our seventh grandchild now, so we kept pretty busy in our house. But one night uh, during lockdown, we went out. Um, was in the stage three, I think. We went out one night, and when we come home, the lights were on in our laundry. And Mum said, Sue, did you forget to turn the light off? I said, no, maybe you did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about relationships today, so have a fight. And anyway, it just felt a little strange, you know, and we thought, "Mm, no, there's nothing missing in the house. So I went went to bed, but for Mum... There was league on at one o'clock in the morning, so Man was still up watching TV, watching league, and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. And in walks my grandson, who's 19 years old, and he says, yo, how are you? <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. And Man turns around and says to him, what are you doing here, Zach? Yo, I came around early in the evening, washed a pair of shorts, and I've been in the dryer. I've just come to pick them up. He'd been off for the night and doing his training for his jiu-jitsu and whatever he does. And come at one o'clock in the morning, thank the Lord it wasn't water restriction, but he washed one pair of shorts and dried one (laughs) pair of shorts. Seriously. Seriously. So that is what our house is like. When Manu married me, he never really knew what he was marrying. He was marrying the whole family. So, yeah, I think a lot of people can identify with that. But I do, and I really miss it. I miss my family, I miss my close friends, and I miss being able to socialise with other people. Because how else do we show the love of God if we don't get out with other people? So it was almost like during this time, I was on the pause, and then the Holy Spirit made me reset and said, so not only do I want you to have a greater intimacy with God. But I want you to give more quality time even to having a greater relationship with others around, of having a deeper, more meaningful time with loving others. See, loving God and loving others goes hand in hand. As you can't separate the two, they are equally important. And that is what my message is today. So if you have a Bible or your phone, um, my message comes out of Mark chapter 12, which you will all know well. 
verses 28 to 33. Bit of background to the scripture, you've got the Sadducees and the, and the scribes of the law having a bit of a debate with Jesus. Who would choose to have a debate with Jesus? Oh my gosh. <laughs> then one of the scribes, one that was a real teacher of authority, he was asking Jesus a question. So here's the scripture. It's all right, I'm not laughing at Jesus, I'm thinking of debating. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realised that Jesus had answered well. So he asked him, of all the commandments, what is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, talking to the church of God. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only God, the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. See, the teacher of the religious law, he then replied, he said, well, said teacher, talking about Jesus, you have spoken the truth by saying there is only one God and no other. I know it is important to love him with all my heart. You know, he must have been having real insight. The scribe, Old Testament law prophet, here he is. You know, I believe he was getting an inspiration and a revelation from God. He said, he said you have spoken the truth by saying there is only one God and no other. And I know it's important to love him with all my heart, all my understanding, all my strength, and to love my neighbour as myself. This is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Wow. See, the, the Sadducees, the prophets of the law, they believed that sacrifices and burnt offerings were the greatest commandment. But this scribe, this teacher that was receiving insight, he spoke up and you know, he stood in defence for Jesus. He consented. He endorsed what Jesus was saying. You know, the law of love to God and love to our neighbours is greater than any level of sacrifice and burnt offerings. See, God commands us to love God and to love others. You know, this is a tricky subject. Sometimes we don't want to talk in church about relationships and being friendly. But we're moving on. It's a reset button, church. And we, if we're going to be effective, if we're going to take the gospel out to hundreds and thousands in our nations, we've got to do things differently. But you know, when you love God with all your heart, your strength, your soul, and your mind, and, and you experience the love of God in you, you will be able to love others in a different way. Loving God and loving others goes hand in hand. Everything that we do, everything that Pastor James is speaking about that we're moving forward in out of this reset, all hinges on this. Two things. Intimacy with God and intimacy with others. So we cannot live with God in isolation over here from our other friends over here. They come together. Jesus is saying that 
those two hand in hand is fundamental. It's fundamental. So who are our neighbours is my question. Who are we to love? You know, I believe when it says here, love your neighbours, I believe it's talking about your family. Sometimes we don't feel like loving some of our family. <laughs> but you know, that's, God is saying we're called to love others. We're called to love our family, our siblings. We're called to love our friends. We're called to love our work colleagues, our flatmates. That's a big ask, isn't it? That's a big ask. So my question is, and this is something that God has been teaching me, particularly when I was working over in Europe. My question is, how do we, if the command is for us to love others, because we use love so flippantly. You know, my background in my family is Italian, and I remember being over there visiting my relatives, and I saw all this beautiful gelato ice cream, and I remember saying to her, I love that ice cream. They said, Sue, you love a lot of things. <laughs> but they said, we don't use love in that term. They, she said, we say, mi piace, meaning I like, or mi amore. Well, they're Italian, so. <laughs> but that's love. <laughs> but, you know, how do we cultivate and build healthy relationships with others? Because we have all our family, we have our friends, we have our work colleagues, we have our flatmates, and then we have those that are in the wider circle of our influence to reach. So how do we cultivate and build healthy friendships with others, especially when conflict and differences arise? Because believe you me, they will arise. <laughs> you know, it's inevitable that conflict will rise in all levels of friendship. We're different in personality, we're different in styles, we're different in opinions, we're very opinionating, or some of us are. Some of us are structured, some are unstructured, some are organised, disorganised. Neither is right or wrong, it's just the way we made. So we cannot avoid conflict and indifferences. But listen to this. If we can learn to model the gospel, if we can learn to model the gospel, if we can learn to model the word of God, if we can learn to model the nature of God in the way we handle conflict and the way we relate to other people, it will be life-changing. It will be life-changing and it will become a magnet to others. Because Jesus says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, even through conflict, even through differences, that you love one another as I love you. By this shall all men, by this shall all women know you are my disciples. So how are we going to reach other people? How are we going to be an influence on our friends, on our neighbours, on our flatmates? By loving one another as Christ loves us. Is there an amen to that? Can I have a glass of water up here, someone? That would be great. So, if we're to love one another, I want to present to you four, I call it four steps, but four relational principles that if we apply them will help to build strong and healthy friendships. I'm not a professional counsellor, but when I was living over in Europe, I had to work with people from different cultures, 
10 different countries. We had different cultures, different personalities. We had to travel together. We had to walk together, work together. We had to share life together. So we had to set principles in place so that we could build and cultivate healthy relationships with each other. Sorry, everyone, I just need a bit of water here. Oh, look at James. Isn't this a good pastor? Servant heart. So if we're going to love one another, here are four principles built around the nature of God. Am I saying they're going to solve every problem when we have conflict and differences? No, I'm not. What I am saying is they will help to build a firm foundation as we move and reset and we move forward in a different way in building relationship with people. So step one, step one I've put loyalty. Faithfulness to a relationship has primary focus over any area of conflict. When I lived in Europe, I came under the teaching of a, a pastor called Ron Clazone, and he words it like this. He says, faithfulness to a relationship means loyalty to that person. You know, when problems or misunderstandings arise, what's the first thing that we do? Our focus goes on the problem. Our focus goes on the issue. Our focus goes on the differences. And we forget the value of friendship. I say this because I've had to walk it myself. And so, you know, our focus goes on there, it goes straight to the issue and not on the value of the relationship. What is more important is sharing our feelings and sharing our opinions. And they take priority. <laughs> they take priority over the Spirit of God. But you know what the nature of God, the Spirit of God is all about integrity. And integrity includes loyalty. Integrity includes faithfulness. David, David in the Bible, look, he had really messed up his relationships he committed adultery, you know, his friendships were just falling apart all over the place. But he came to a place of getting down before the Lord, getting intimate with the Lord. In Psalm 51 verse 6, he says, Yes, Lord, you desire faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret place. So principle number one to help build and cultivate healthy relationships is the principle of faithfulness to a friend is primary focus over any area of conflict. And you need to make a commitment to that. I've made a commitment in my heart now to my friends. I try to live to it as much as I can. I will screw it up probably just like anybody else does. But our God's a God of grace. And God knows the heart. And we need to come back to the Lord sometimes and just repent of it. But I make a commitment. I say faithfulness to my relationship. So when conflict comes up, when something that's begun to cause division, heaven help when it does, when I've set my eyes too much on the problem and not on the relationship, I make this commitment now. I sit back and I say faithfulness to our relationship far outweighs the importance of any offence between us far outweighs, and I will never, I will not allow any problem to cause division. Because if the enemy wants to do one thing in these days in our country, is cause division. Yeah. 
Look what's happening in politics. How many days are we going to get off this before election? There's division going on. There's lack of truth. There's lack of honesty. There's lack of integrity. And we don't need division in the body of Christ. How good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together. I think it's Psalm 133 verse 1. So that step one is loyalty. Faithfulness to a friend becomes a priority, not the issue. Number two, respond peacefully. Respond peacefully, resolving conflict with sincerity of heart, with the absence of pretense, the absence of being fake, the absence of being false. Sorry, I'm a real straight shooter. I hope you don't mind me talking like this. But the absence of pretense will preserve friendship when issues come up. You know, it's so easy to react and just go off at someone. So easy to just storm off and have to come back later and actually apologise for our thoughtless words and actions. Anyone ever been in that situation? Oh, great, I'm not on my own, that's for sure. (laughs) But, you know, we can choose to react through our emotions, you know, or we can just, or we can just get really caught up in it and be angry, or we can hit that pause button, or we can hit that pause button, that reset button, and we can pray and say, God, how can I relate to my friend? How can I relate to my friend with what's going on? And we need to hit the pause button and pray, 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 pray for this. It is so, so important. And when you're praying, consider the other person. Consider the other person and respond with sincerity of heart. James 3, verses 17 to 18, says, But the wisdom from above, from God, is first of all pure. It also is peace-loving, gentle at all times. God, teach me to be gentle when I need to. And willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy. You know, mercy is, is not just empathy. Empathy is a good thing. Compassion is a good thing. But mercy is compassion that leads us to action. To be a doer, not a hearer only. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, as always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So my commitment... And responding peacefully to a friend, I say I will not allow any problem I have with you to go unresolved without communicating in a gentle and peaceable way. Amen? Easy to say this, not so easy to do. You know, and the secret my friend is, I'm an extrovert. It's easy for me to just blurt out when something goes wrong. And I want to blurt out my opinion or I, you know, I don't, don't think, but God is saying, Sue, I want you to just pause that button again and I just want you to think about this and just really consider. And it's, it's really important to do that, and, but not to leave it for too long. I had a situation come up between myself and another couple. I left it too long before I got with them and communicated and talked with them. And the relationships suffer when you do that. It suffers when you do that. Spiritually, physically, everything gets affected. So sometimes it's good, my friends, instead of us just blurting out at someone when a problem arises, let's 
take it to the Lord. Let's pray about it. Let's see what is a better way than we can respond in this situation. So my commitment is I will not allow that problem to come between us and I will deal with it. I will go back and I will talk to him. Doesn't it sound so practical? Yet we so often do the opposite. Step number three, be authentic in your approach. Be authentic in approach. A relationship only is as value if it is authentic. No one, no one likes it when we try to be someone else. You know, we try to be the macho. We try to be the chauvinist. I can't stand being around people that are like that. I can't stand show ponies. They drive me insane. <laughs> I'm going to get the sack after this message. <laughs> but listen, being authentic and approach with a friend when an issue arrives, it's not about charisma. It's not about our style. It's not about our status. But it's simply showing your genuine self. Showing that you genuinely care. Being authentic in your approach with people around you is wanting to understand them and for them to understand us. And that is really important. And giving each other time to understand each other. See, God has shown me and it's been proven to me that sincere and relatable friends can change and can resolve issues together. It is possible. It's absolutely possible. I'll say that again. Sincere and relatable friends can change, can resolve issues together. Proverbs 17.17 17 says, A friend loves at all times, not just in the good times, a friend loves through adversity. A friend loves at all times. A brother loves, is born for a time of adversity. So my commitment to that principle about being authentic is show me God. Show me how to model the gospel and the way I relate to others. Show me God how to model the gospel and the way I love my neighbour. Show me God how to model the gospel in the way I relate to a friend. Don't expect always that other person to move forward first. Some of you are sitting there saying, Sue, that sounds good in textbook, but it's actually really hard. I've been to someone and it hasn't made any difference. Do you know what? Their response is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is what God is asking us. What God is asking us as his people, as his church, as his disciples, and how we love people, how we build healthy relationships. You know, I've been once to someone ask forgiveness for something many years ago in the family. They never accepted it. But, you know, I felt so free. I felt so released that I had approached and done what God asked me to do. And my responsibility wasn't that they didn't forgive. Mine was that I asked him for forgiveness. You get a hold of that. Step four, and it's my final one, so we don't go too late today. But trust in the word of our friends. Ron Corzine would say, we believe God's word. We should also believe the words of our friends. 
You know, if we put our faithfulness to our friend as higher priority than the issue, if we learn to respond peaceably, if we just put our barriers down and take the mask off and be authentic and talk it out together, talk it out together, Surely if we believe God's word, we can believe the words of our friends. If we respect each other, we don't need to have constant reassurance of our friendship. That's what trust is. Do you know the nature of God is integrity? Integrity is all about faithfulness, loyalty, truth, honesty, trust. And we need to trust the word that we last spoke with our friend. I mean... Viv, if I don't hear from Viv, you know, she doesn't give me a phone call one, two, three weeks, do I think, oh, what's wrong? Do we have an issue because I haven't heard from Viv? No, not at all. You know, see, the thing is, we often go to the worst scenario. <laughs> we, get, we think, well, something's wrong because that person hasn't spoken to me or I haven't heard from them. They wouldn't have a clue. You know, actually, men and women are very different in that way. You know, men, men like the headlines, but we like the details. You know, and sometimes we sit back as women and we think, well, what does our husband really think? We're building something up and there's nothing there to build up. <laughs> and then when I talk to Manu or, and I say, well, what's the problem? And he says, there's no problem. <laughs> so look, don't look for the worst in a friend. Look for the best. We believe God's word. We should believe the words of a friend. We must learn to trust Trust the word of our friend, of our flatmate, of our work colleague, of our siblings. And believe that there's sincerity and honesty in our conversations. My scripture that I leave you with today is Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things. True, noble, reputable, authentic compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you have learnt from me, what you have heard and saw and realised. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmony. I trust that these four steps of helping to build a, a healthy relationships will become a part of your life like they have become a part of me. They've really made a difference to the way I learn to relate to people, to the way I learn to love. True friendship, I believe, true friendship is a combination of loyalty, faithfulness, of love, of respect, it's two ways, of truth and trust. The nature of God is integrity. Love one another as I love you. Love your neighbour as you yourself want to be loved. And the nature of God is loyalty, faithfulness, love, respect, truth and trust. Most important commandment, the Lord said, love the Lord your God, with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second that is equally, equally important is love your neighbour as yourself.
Let us learn to love. Let's turn on the reset button. If we can model the gospel and how we relate to people, if we can model the nature of God, if we can model the heart of God, what an effect it will have on taking the gospel to hundreds and thousands of people out of a heart of love, respect, truth and trust. By this shall all men and women know you are my disciples. Amen. Amen.